Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Alrighty, friends, a quick bonus episode for you today because I just attended the nerdiest jargony, jargony, jargon event in a long time. The Association for Value-Based Cancer Care. I know, it sounds like a fabulous party. This is really the underbelly of where different weird things actually happen in healthcare. The the sub-basement 57 of, you know, of S.H.I.E.L.D. in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. I'm joined in studio by my dear friend, Gail Zotz, a fellow cancer survivor who lives and breathes in that very wonky world with her cancer patient hat on all the time to try and distill, debunk Schoolhouse Rock 101. This is crazy complex, but Gail and I hope to break it down in a little more digestible understanding and maybe you'll learn something. I know I did. Enjoy the show. Hi! We are talking about a, a recap of an event that we just came from with probably the most unnecessary syllables in healthcare. <laughs> the Association for Value-Based Cancer Care. A-V-B-C-C. Sounds like chemotherapy. And Gail's been on the show before. We'll put a link in the episode notes that that conversation. So we're not really here to tell our stories or anything like that, but like I'm, I'm the armchair when it comes to Gail's understanding of this space. But had you never heard of this group before? No. You called me and said, Gail, can you show up next week? And I said, yes. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, they've been that's a, all it takes. Just FYI. It takes. Yeah. It's like, it's like I just, Matthew Zachary saying, Gail, I need you. I just bewitched myself. And, and I said, I'm there. Exactly. Yeah. Click. <laughs> So value-based care, it was just like, just sounds, it's just so inside baseball. Yeah. It's not for the lay person. It's not for the average human being. It's wonkery within deep fried wonkery. But if there's a one-on-one, which we did talk about on our other show, what is the kindergarten version of this? Right. So, and why, do, why does it matter to patients? Yeah, why does it matter to you, the listener? To the listener, exactly. Dealing with healthcare fuckery. Right, because you actually can get a lot more and better healthcare and are entitled to a lot more if you happen to understand these complicated rules. Right. Is it even fair to expect the average Joe Jane in desperate diarrhea mode of I'm sick to know these things? Or is it incumbent upon the system to give a shit about it because there are incentives to do so? But here's the thing is that not only the answer is, of course not, somebody in the midst of it can't possibly understand it, but most of the people with the title president or vice president value-based care don't understand it. Wait, wait. So 
color me shocked? <laughs> it's like working for Toyota and selling Chevys by accident. Right? No, for real. So, I mean, usually what happens is that a big payer or provider gets a contract. They throw in the contract to, say, CMS, the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services. Right, right. Acronyms must be disclosed. I did. Okay. I did, right? Did yes. you see that? Yes. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. So they send in an application by somebody like way down the totem pole. They're like, oh, just send in this application. Have compliance deal with it. Have the lawyers deal with it. Like, right, Always a good the, plan. Always a good start, right? And then they get the contract. And suddenly that organization is responsible for 100,000 lives in months' time. Right. And so they take Joe or Mary – who's been working for the organization for 15 years, and they say, you've been a good soldier for unnamed payer company, right? right? You, so we'll make you president of our new value-based contract. And Joe or Mary doesn't want to say they don't really understand what a benchmark is or how you get to a benchmark what or is what a, benchmark? a quality withhold is. I think or- benchmark... <laughs> Benchmark to me is like, I passed calculus. Right. <laughs> Which I did not. Right. I, I didn't take calculus. But so it's the total cost of care that's expected for each beneficiary, which is the term for what you may call a patient or consumer. So the, the jargon term within industry of a human being that is a patient is a beneficiary. Yes. Yes. It's also uh, demoralizing. You know, you are worth a dollar forty-five. So it is, mm-hmm. right? And yet, it's the reality. This is what I do, and sometimes I have to catch myself. We talk about acquiring beneficiaries. We talk about selling beneficiaries. We talk. We're products, basically. We right, and sometimes I'm like, wait a second, that's me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right, and yet. And that's why so many things that we think we're like, oh, well, this is going to improve the outcomes in three years, meaning outcomes are meant in that context of somebody's health being better. Right. right? So if, you're, if your life is less shitty, someone makes money. Yes. But here's the thing. Why do people not care if your health is going to be better in three years? Wait, who's people? The payer providers that right. are running. Why don't they care? So I've been sitting in that seat saying, somebody saying this is going to improve the outcomes, the health in three years. Right, then you won't have a heart attack in three years if you do X, Y, and Z. Right. Well, most of the people responsible have no idea if that beneficiary, aka me or you, right, a person is going to be aligned, meaning they're going to be responsible and paid for that person in three years. So in in idiot speak, human being A has a heart condition. And Ideally, you would want that person to not die and improve, maybe even reduce the risk of their heart condition being terrible. Right. It's in industry's interest to do that because there's a it, it'll cost less money if they have less shit to deal with. But whose industry interest? Because when you look at alignment, it's who's responsible for whom, who's getting paid, right, to be responsible. To take care of, I'm putting air quotes in. Air quotes on the radio. Air quotes on the radio. That's why I'm saying it. <laughs> I'm giving. <laughs> I'm giving like subtitles. Yes. Saying Gail is now doing air quotes. Everyone. Yes. <laughs> Who is getting paid to be responsible 
for this human being. That's done on a year-by-year basis. So how do you get someone to care about three years from now when they don't believe that in general they're going to be responsible or paid for that person in three years? So they don't trust that that person, that human with a heart condition, will be dealing with less shittiness in three years or two years? Or they, they, it's too much of a risk to assume they might be better? No, neither. They don't think they're necessarily going to get paid for that person in three years. Oh, I see. Right? How many times is I, I know you just went through this. Your health insurance gets sold or shut down. Right. And then your doctors change. I mean, you just went through this. You shared this with people. It so was that's a why I'm. Terrible first world problem. That happens all the time. Right, your doctor's group gets bought up, it gets sold, right. Amazon buys it, and then sells it to Walmart. Right. And, right? Only there's people in the midst of all this. Humans. Humans. Who's going to own the human in three years? <laughs> we are meat on a stage. <laughs> we are. We are. And here's the weird thing for me is that I'm on both sides, right? Like, I'm making those decisions and saying the same things that I say – why? I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm talking about like buying and selling people. We're commodities. We are commodities. We're oranges though. on the exchange. We are. And so my kind of passion point has been how do we follow those rules, figure out how the ever, the stakeholders can profit by doing the right thing? Well, the right thing is a nice to have, Right. What incentivizes them in any way to do the right thing? Like who profits the most, this is America, by doing the right thing? Yes. And how, how, do, we, how do we financially incentivize the air quote right people? Who are the right people? And that includes should we and can we and how do we financially incentivize patients? So I'll give you an example of one of my clients. So they are... They're saying, look, if you break, you mess up your knee, you feel like you, you need to see an orthopedist and you want an MRI to see a surgeon because you've decided that you need to get a knee replacement. You want to do that. Here's your copay. Right. Here's your out of pocket. Just like, fine, go right ahead and do it. If instead you want to try physical therapy for three times because our doctors say that chances are that's going to help, no copay. No out-of-pocket. They're incentivizing you to follow a clinically recommended pathway. And then after those three physical therapy visits, if you still need the MRI and the surgery, then you still have no copay. So it's a recommended intervention to save money. That also has good health outcomes. So the working theory is that there's data to support that if you don't go for the surgery first and you go through therapy first. Okay. That there's clinical data, that it's following a clinical pathway. How many humans are aware that this becomes an option and who is responsible to tell them that that's an option for them? So that's a great question, right? Because if the people who are running it, and I think this is kind of the role that you and I play in different ways, but if the people who are running it don't understand it, then for sure nobody's going to be notifying beneficiaries, aka patients or consumers. Right. That's the incentive. The idea behind it from maybe a well-intended good idea behind it is that if we can redirect humans to a different, less expensive, but potentially more effective, don't do this, do this, everybody wins. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's how do we lower the total cost of care? 
improve the experience of individuals and improve the health outcomes of populations, meaning groups. So what you're saying here is, yeah, I'm really just kind of making this up for my ass at this point. So I need knee surgery. And I go to a doctor who says, okay, I'll do surgery on you. But then the insurance company says, no, go do this first. So in, so in this example, what Harbor Health is doing is they are acting as the insurance company and the provider. We call them pay providers. What they're saying is, look, we're responsible for all of the cost of care. You, you can do it your way and still we'll pay the same whatever it is. But do this first. Or if you do this first, then you don't have to pay anything. Right, so we're saving you 30 bucks. 30 bucks or 500 bucks right. or whatever it is. I mean, it know. sounds on paper like a great idea. It's the whole thing is right and we're tr- we're all trying to do that with doctors and providers and pharmacy and right. groups is how do you find the right financial incentive to get people to do the best behavior? Right, but this also speaks to the fact that when you're a human in the space, someone's making decisions for you. It's still kind of like advertising, right? It really is. All right, so in our closing moments, we want to keep this to like a a hot minute. So this was your first experience, even knowing that the Association for Value-Based Cancer Care exists as an organization. What's your hot take on it? That the people who are going to be responsible don't even know yet that they're responsible and how quickly that responsibility is going to come. And so we really have to up our efforts to start educating. We're never going to get to health literacy of people, patients, right, consumers, if the people who are paying and providing for the care are not also literate. So So health literacy for industry. For all, yeah, I, I think so. Did we just invent something? We did, but it's you and me. Health literacy for industry. So instead of hoping patients know shit exists, it's helping industry know shit exists because it's your fucking job. Right. And think about it. Like we say that nobody can understand a disease except if somebody hasn't gone through it, right? Right. I, I think it has to be a way of us massively educating each other. Because nobody's going to come up with solutions if they don't even understand the options. Right. All right. I'm happy if you're happy. I'm always happy. No, you're not. Okay. but We're Jewish. <laughs> no, you're the cook batch. Okay. I'm the one who's like, oh, I'm happy to be alive. Look at That's me. That's true. That's true. I am. With that, Gail Zotz, thank you again for educating the idiot that I am <laughs> in this particular space. All right. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you thanks. next time. Bye. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an Offscript Health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. Our senior producer is Sarah Rosa Davies. It's mixed and edited by Sarah Rosa Davies and Kyle Moore. Special thanks to Brianna Seely for added support. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us, and we might just play them on the air on a future episode. For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com.